Welcome to Younger Older. This is Dave Wager from the studios of Relate365.com. Normally, it's Dave and Jason. Today, though, it's one of those special programs again with Dave and Nate. Nate is a good friend of mine and a friend of the ministry here at Silver Birch Ranch and has been on our staff, and he has been diagnosed with cancer. Again, what's the name of that cancer? Goblet cell carcinoid. For those that really want to know, that that was it. <laughs> the, yeah. the rest of us can call it cancer. Yes. If you yeah. research it online, you'll go down a rabbit trail. It's uh, it's really goofy. So have you but found it's rare. have you found everything online to be true? Uh, yes and no. Yeah, it's uh, if I have a question, I just ask my oncologist because it's uh, he warned me don't research a lot online because you're going to get a lot of misinformation. Yeah, and it's uh, so it's really weird. You know, that's probably everywhere. We need to be careful because it's so easy to find information, but we're not sure where it came from sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we need to be careful. If you've been following us on Younger Older, you'll you'll know that this series, when we switch over to Nate, we're talking about what it's like to live with cancer. And we want to be able to continue to do this. One day we hope to come here and say, you know, the cancer that Nate has is something that's been lassoed. It's not completely gone because I don't think they can cure it. But in the bottom line, it might. I mean, who knows what will happen to you down mm-hmm. the road. Uh, God could do whatever he wants. Or it's very much under control. Mm-hmm. And, and in that case, um, we hope to just have a rejoicing time where right now the cancer's in this state, and uh, whatever state it's in, we can rejoice. We've learned to do that, and you've learned to do that. Yep. Uh, let me ask you a question. Do, do you enjoy your time with God? Yes, I enjoy my time with God. Uh, before I go to bed, uh, usually I, you know, I'm laying down on uh, the couch. I usually fall asleep down there, and I pray a lot. You know, first thing I do, you know, I close my eyes and I just start praying for other people. You know, I go through Facebook and I see so many people are have struggles, and I start praying for them. Okay. And usually, I pray for myself last. You know, just lifting people up in prayer is, you know, I find it's very easy for me to do. I've always done it before, but I have so much more of a desire to do it now since I've had cancer, because I see, you know, the power of prayer even more so. And I know before, you know, we got going, you know, recording here, you know, one of the things that God's really, you know, been teaching me is, you know, people lift me up before the throne of God. You know, my family, you know, it's, it is so encouraging knowing that there are people, you know, across the, the globe that are praying for me and putting, you know, my family and myself before God's throne. And there's just a tremendous comfort in that. Okay, there's a couple of questions I, I have for you, just in, more interest on my sake. Um, when you close your eyes and you're tired but you're not sleeping, do you just go to prayer? Is that like automatic? Yeah, I just start praying. You know, I, and, and the reason I ask that is, you know, I have narcolepsy, and we've talked about that on the show, and you know I've talked about that. That's exactly what happens to me when I close my eyes. I go right to prayer. Sometimes I don't say anything other than I love you, God, and, and I just say that over and over again. And I... I find it interesting that immediately when my eyes shut, I start talking to God. And it's not because I planned it. It's not because mm-hmm. I planned a prayer session. It's not because of anything else. And I've actually enjoyed those moments. Yep. Even though my eyes are shut, it looks like I'm not in control of myself. It looks like I'm sleeping. It looks like, but I'm not. I'm, I'm actually talking to God. And in one way, that's a very special moment. Mm-hmm. In another way, it's a pain. You know <laughs> what I mean? It, 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 so it's kind of like, 
both. It, mm-hmm. um, and I, when you said that, it kind of struck me like, you know what, that happens to me, and I have a different disease than you do. Mm-hmm. But they both point towards one thing, God. Yeah. And it's a, we both have a desire to pray and worship God, and that's a, it's an easy way for, you know, I find to worship God. Well, not, yeah, not only that, it, it, we're in the most helpless state at that yeah. moment. So it's like we have no power. Mm-hmm. We have no authority. It's like I'm falling asleep. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I'll fall asleep praying, which, you know, some people might say, oh, can you fall asleep praying? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And, you know, it's, uh, it brings great joy when I pray. It's, yeah. Uh, you, know, I, you know, when I actually start praying for myself, you know, I'm thanking God for, you know, the little things I've been able to accomplish throughout the day. Yeah. Because well, it's, yeah. you know, some days are rough. Other days are, aren't as rough. And, you know, it's those little things that just bring joy. Yeah. Well, I encourage people constantly to, you know, go ahead and fall asleep while you're doing something good, while you're thinking about something good, mm-hmm. while you're – because what you think about the last moment before you go to sleep, you think about all night long. Uh, in fact, they can go to Relate365.com, those that are listening, and they can download the program we call Nighttime, which is – honestly, I start by just saying good evening, and I talk a half hour in a low voice with Claire DeLune playing in the background. <laughs> And the whole purpose of it is just go to sleep thinking about something. If you have trouble going to sleep, go to sleep thinking about God and his grace and and some of the things we talked about. It's so peaceful when you're focused on God. Exactly. You know, the times right before you fall asleep. Yeah. When I was in tremendous pain uh, from, you know, the back injuries that I had, or I wouldn't really call them injuries, just the cancer and then the, that caused all that. Right. Yeah. It, that brought, you know, relief because the focus was on God. And I was able to get relief, and it, you know, it helped out tremendously. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, your it, mind it, goes away from the pain and it starts to focus on God. Yep, it's amazing as you, you're, you're describing a relationship with God where you actually enjoy being with God. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, there are many Christians that I talk to that when I say that you need to enjoy God, they have no idea what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Quietly. They'll come to me later if I'm talking in a, to a larger group or whatever, and they'll say, what do you mean by exactly? I mean, how does somebody enjoy God? And I thought, okay, that's a fair question. But what you're telling me is that you don't enjoy God or you have no idea what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So perhaps there's a religious experience they have rather than enjoying yeah. God. Well, it's a, I kind of call it, it's a, they have a head knowledge of God, but it's not in their heart. Mm-hmm. And getting that transition from the head to the heart, so it's it should be a natural thing. But for some, it's a you know, do you really truly you know desire a relationship with God? And if you do, that's a very easy transition to do. But if you don't, you get in the way, and it just becomes that knowledge. And so your cancer has allowed you to, I would say, and correct me if I'm wrong, but broaden your appreciation for your relationship with God, oh, just enjoy absolutely. him. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, it's, I've always had you know, a very good relationship with God, but it's become even more, uh, lack of a term, real. Okay. Just when you're faced with a you know, terminal illness, a lot of the realities come to head pretty quick, even though you know, death is certain for everybody but it becomes more clear right and you know the eternal things become more of a reality because yeah. it's it's on your radar 
It's your helplessness. Yeah. It's really your helplessness that brings you to the only place you can get help. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you've gotten a book and you've read it to your kids, the book we wrote on 23rd Psalm, uh, you know, My Shepherd. And the picture of a lamb in the midst of wolves and, and, oh, yeah. and lions is so powerful to me mm-hmm. because of the fact that they are helpless. Yeah, and we are those lambs. We are. So we look to the shepherd. And the mm-hmm. shepherd is the one that actually can protect us and care for us. And that that's the deal. And mm-hmm. we have to understand what the deal really is. So in that case, what we do is we start enjoying being with God. Yeah. So in order to enjoy God, I think people need to know that they're helpless. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So if you're listening today and you think you're not helpless <laughs> and you're wondering what we're talking about enjoying God, the reason that you can't enjoy God is because you've never understood your helplessness. Mm-hmm. You know, apart from God, we can't do anything. No. And that's the whole purpose of, you know, the Bible shows us that we can't do it on our own. Yeah. And you've just heard a guy in his 60s, a guy in his 30s say, yep, when we close our eyes, we can't do anything. We feel the most helpless. That's when we enjoy God the Mm -hmm. most. And believe it or not, God works towards drawing us to himself. When you look back in the Bible, you begin to see that man was created not for God to boss around, but for, for us to love God. Mm-hmm. We're objects of his love. And some have wondered why God just doesn't make everything work just the way it should. Well, there's a very simple explanation for that. You and I, in order to be ones who love God, we must have choice. We have to have it. If, if I forced you uh, or your wife forced you, Nate, to love you, she came to you with a shotgun and said, you will love me the rest of your life. You got that? And all of a sudden it's like, you know what? I don't really have a choice. You're going to blow my head off if I don't love you. Well, that's not love. Mm-hmm. That's preserving your head at that point. Yep. Uh, can you imagine if God went to all the people that he created and said, I am going to force you to love me, and then I'm going to sit back and enjoy the fact that you love me? That love is not love. That, that isn't what love can be. That's terrorist. It, it's a terrorist. It's yeah. a robotic love. Yep. I mean, you're a mechanical guy, so if you go out there and you build a robot and you have that robot look at you 10 times a day and say, I love you, Nate. I love you, Nate. You're the best, Nate. And then you start bragging everybody about it, about how much your robot loves you. Do you know what we're all saying behind your back? You're kind of weird. Yeah, we're not saying kind of. <laughs> we're saying you are extremely weird, man. Mm-hmm. However, when somebody chooses... To love somebody else. They choose to listen. They choose to be a part of their life. What really you were talking about earlier off air, explain to me how special it is that other people are part of your life. It's, I love having people around me. It's, they encourage you. Um, Yeah, man is not meant to be alone and secluded. It's, you're relational people. That's how God designed us. And, yeah, I love the relationship with my wife and my kids. And, you know, on top of that, you know, the relationship I have with friends. Right. They encourage you. And when you have other believers as friends, uh, they care about you. And, you know, through the process of having cancer, so many people have, you know, lifted us up in prayer. And as I mentioned before, you know, it's just so encouraging knowing that people have lifted us up in prayer daily. Yep. And they've put us before the throne of God. And, yeah, it's such a powerful thing, and it's, it also shows just how helpless we are 
in this. Yeah. Well, it's interesting to see, too. They do it within their gifts, their mm -hmm. giftedness. You know, people can offer this kind of help or that kind of help, but it's not that everybody's going to do everything. It's that they look and they say, how can we help? Mm -hmm. And some are organizers and some are wood splitters and some are, I mean, everybody has a different thing to offer somebody. And when you look at that, the reason I think it's so special for you, Nate, right now, is that you are not forcing anybody to do this. Mm. So everybody who does it, does it because they want to. Yep. It's And for somebody like me, I don't like to ask for help. Exactly. And it's a... Uh, Took a little bit to get used to, but you know it's something that I cherish because I'm the same way. When somebody needs help, I want to help them. Yeah. And I'm in the boat where you know for a while I needed a lot of help. I was in a lot of pain, and by God's grace, you know it's uh, that pain is slowly going away, just because you know I'm healing. You know from the you know, the back fractures and all. Right. But, you know, it's uh, for a while it was it was very difficult. But it wouldn't be special. If you, if you could force people to do it. Mm -mm. So let's say that you were paying people big sums of money to do it. Or you were forcing them because for some reason you owned a company and you weren't going to pay, you know, with somehow, some power authority, some way that you controlled somebody. And they would come and take care of you and say, oh, yeah, Nate this, yeah, Nate that. Really deep down in your heart, you'd be going, I can't trust them. Yeah, because you, you're paying them. Right. They're, they're an employee. Or you're somehow you're yeah. yielding power over them. Somehow yeah. you're, you know, you, you could like your kids. You could say, "I really want you to do this," or "We're not feeding you supper." You know, what I mean, you don't do that. But the idea is, mm -hmm. I'm going to hold back something that I have to force you to love me. See, that's what people are saying about God. Mm -hmm. Why doesn't He force us to love Him? Because then it wouldn't be love; it'd be something else. Yeah. And, and so it doesn't work. If you're listening today and you have never responded to the love of God, it's because you don't understand his love. Mm -hmm. Because if you understood it, you would respond to it. When, when we're sinful people, and all of us are, the Bible tells us, God sent his only son, Jesus, to die on the cross to pay for our sins so we could be in his family. He didn't have to do that. And everybody that's listening right now, you have an absolute choice. You can reject God. You can reject his gift if you'd like to. But if you do that, you are rejecting the only one in the universe that can love you in a way where you can be stable and have hope and have a future. But you can reject him. That's your choice because that's what love is. And the Bible says that God is love. So there is a choice there. You're not a robot. You're not a computer. He did not make it. Can you, can you imagine, Nate, if God made it so that you had to love him, and then he stood and he pointed out to all the angels how much you loved him. And you didn't have a choice. I mean, the angels would think, God, you're wacko. Not genuine. Yeah. Instead, when you have cancer, and you talk to God about loving him, now God can say, hey, angels, yeah, pay attention to Nate. Let's pay attention to Nate. Why? Just look at his choices. His choices right now are to honor me. Mm -hmm. He's going through chemo. He's not feeling well. He's puking his guts out. Whatever it might be at the moment. Well, fortunately, I haven't been puking my guts there out. There you go. So I, we're I, done with I'm that. thankful hopefully. for that. Yeah, hopefully we're not doing <laughs> so Whatever it is, can you imagine? Now the love and the choice to, to honor God means something. Mm -hmm. 
when when things are going well for somebody and and God is their sugar da- sugar daddy in the sky or whatever it might be, when that's going on, a lot of people can say I love God and I enjoy Him. Why? He gives me stuff. Well, what if you don't have stuff? You know, what if you're in Nate's position? I think people forget to acknowledge the fact that God is there when things are going good. That's why we go through trials. Yep. That's when we see God. Yeah. You know, I've just learned, there's something I've learned recently about that. Uh, you know, I got a new truck. It's an old truck. It's actually older than my new truck that I had before, which was old. It's a very nice truck. Yeah, it's a very nice truck. It's in, it's in actually uh, pristine shape, but it's 18 years old at this point. And one of the interesting things is uh, the way that that truck came to me was interesting. Because there was a lady who um, really insisted that I buy the truck. She wasn't going to sell it to anybody else. And I, at first, I had a truck. I didn't, I wasn't looking. But the truck I had was a two-wheel drive and all this kind of stuff. So you were in on this story, so it's kind of an interesting story. But then what happened through time was that um, this lady, as I saw her, she kept telling me she's a, a retired lady and her husband had died and her husband was a mechanic and kept the truck real nice. And last time I saw her, she said, well, I'm not selling it to anybody but you. And it's going to stay parked in the garage. And I'm thinking, I'm not buying a truck. So it's just going to stay parked in your garage forever. And I thought, you know what? I'm not even praying about it. Now, I had joked with my wife about a truck. I joked every time I go buy a Dodge dealer you know, in town. <laughs> I would point to one. I'm saying, you know, one day, Len, I'm going to own one of those trucks, <laughs> you know, brand new. Everyone wants, every guy up here in the Northwoods wants a brand new pickup truck. Yes. And so it's like, you know what, I'm going to own one of those one day. And she would just kind of sigh like, you know, you're not happy with what you have. No, I, I'm happy with what I have. But it was a two-wheel drive. It was a little longer than I like, you know. And so one day I was praying about it, and, and it struck me that I never really talked to God about the truck thing. You know, she was asking me. I was just saying, no, I was almost stubbornly saying, I need to learn to be content with what I have. I, I don't want to be not content. So I'm just, forget it. So one day I was praying about it, and I came up with these ideas. I said, you know, God, I don't even know if you want me to have it or not, but I'll make a deal with you. And I, I don't know if you're supposed to make deals with God or not, but <laughs> I, I made one. I said, you know, if these three things would happen, I'll do it. You know, one of them was um, the price that she was asking has to be a, within a certain range. You know, the, and it wasn't at that point, but it needed to be. The, the second thing was somebody would need to come to me and ask me about it. And the third thing was my wife would have to say, good idea. I was really sure that the third one wouldn't happen. <laughs> I was 100% sure. So that was my safety outlet saying I'm not going to buy a new truck. And so um, I forget, I was working on the truck one time or something, and you asked me what was going on with it. And I said, I'm, I'm thinking about selling it someday. And that's really about what I said. You know, I didn't really, I might have asked what you thought it was worth. I don't remember the discussion completely, but it wasn't. I know you weren't in the market. I wasn't trying to sell you the truck, and I wasn't really trying to sell the truck at that point. It was like, I'm thinking about it, you know. Um, it wasn't long after that you, that you told me that your brother, your brother-in-law? Mm-hmm. My brother. Your brother was interested. And I'm thinking, okay, God, no. he's making an offer eventually. So he made an offer. And I thought, okay, he made an offer. I didn't really chase him, but he made an offer. So the lady was talking to me who had it, and she, she brought it down in price. I said, well, she came to me and said, you can buy that truck yet. I said, well, if, would you take X? And she said, sure. I thought, oh, brother, that's two <laughs> out of three. 
So then I went home and I was talking to my wife about it. And as we were talking about it, I said, you know, uh, the truck I had is a two-wheel drive. It's a 2004. This lady was offering me this other one. It's a 2001. It's older. But it is a four-wheel drive. It's in great shape. And, and my wife looked at me and said, I think you should buy it. I thought, what did you just say? That's God sitting there kind of chuckling at you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. That's exactly what's going on. And, and I thought, and then she asked a, a very intelligent question for her with cars. She goes, how many miles are on it? And I said, well, the, the one that I was selling had like 207 or something thousand, 209, I forget how much, over 200,000. Mm -hmm. And the, the, one, the other one has 125,000 on it. She said, that's like 100,000 less. I would buy it. Now I'm thinking, okay, God, all three <laughs> things have come to be. So I sold it. And here's, here's why I tell you that long story. It was way too long, I understand. But when I get in the truck now, almost every time I get in the truck, I thank the Lord for it. Because it was so evident to me that he wanted me to have it. My question is, why don't I thank the Lord every time I get in my car? And I've asked God that. I said, you know what? I don't understand life, do I? I don't understand that I need to be thankful for everything that I have. You just decided to take me down this path with this truck so that every time I get into it, I'm reminded of the fact that you gave it to me. And I started asking God to actually forgive me for, for being so arrogant about everything else. Because sometimes I think my other car, I bought. I searched it down. I found the best deal. I had the money. What did God have to do with that? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I was wrong in that thinking. But, you know, God's correcting my thinking by something that's even positive. You know, getting a different truck and driving it and now... Now it's like every time I get in it, I, it's a praise service, you know. I have kind of the same situation with the vehicle that I wound up getting. I, had to, I wound up having to get rid of my truck because uh, it was so painful to get in and out with the, you know, the back right, you problems big, I was having. Big, big pickup. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, I love that truck. You know, it's, uh, it's still sitting at a, the car dealership where I was able to you know, trade for uh, you know, the vehicle I have now. But you know, I praise God for the vehicle that I have because uh, it was very comfortable to get in and out of. And you know, the pain was just so great getting in and out of that big truck. Yeah. But, so do you think God's interested in stuff like vehicles? I think he's interested in us as people. Very good. And it's, uh, we're just along for the journey. And God just teaches us stuff through that journey. So we need to act as if he's interested in us yeah. because he is. Yep. So if my children, and I have one daughter that is looking to get a different vehicle, and she's talking to me about it because I'm her dad. She's sending me the vehicle she's looking at so I can compare them. She wants my input. She's not doing that to you or anybody else at this point. You're not her dad. You know, I'm her dad. And eventually, here's what I know. She's going to want my blessing on whatever vehicle she buys. <laughs> not because you know me well. It's not because I'm a mechanic by any means. But I'm her dad. See, I have this other position that I'm her dad. And she wants to hear what I say about what she's going to do. See, that's the relational side. I think sometimes we miss that with God. He wants to hear he wants us to talk to him about what we're doing. Mm -hmm. About, you know, God, it's hard to get in and out of this big truck I have. If you wanted to provide me a different one. Mm -hmm. yeah, it, was, it was hard to get rid of it. 
Yeah. But when I you know made the decision, it was literally two and a half, three days later. It would have been much sooner, but it was over the weekend, and I had a different vehicle. And I can only attribute God for the timing of that, and just it was perfect timing. Yeah. I think we need to include God in uh, far more than we include him in, in our lives. And, mm-hmm. and we'll find that he puts us in situations where we need to see him. Uh, for me, uh, we've talked about narcolepsy, we've talked about cancer, but it, for me it was once again in the whole idea of the truck and me messing around with what I should do and whether I shouldn't and him proving again that he was in it, that he was faithful to say, here's what I want you to do. Um, even from the lady saying, I, it's going to stay parked until you buy it. Because I, I didn't know why. You know, why are you doing this? I think God put it on her heart. You, you need to have this truck, and I'm going to hold out until you get it. And she is an, an, an older lady that loves God, so it's not, a, it's not beyond question that God was just manipulating the system, <laughs> you know, so that he got what he wanted out of the whole system. And what's freakier about it is I go back and I think, you know, you knew when her husband, who had died a couple of years ago now, you knew when he bought it that that was going to end up on my lap. I mean, you know that. And mm-hmm. so you had him take care of it a certain way. You had him do things. That, you know, it's amazing when you look back mm-hmm. and you see that, that God is not somebody who is caught by surprise. Yeah, There's no randomness. I was just going to say, it's nothing random about God. Yeah. So in your life, this cancer that has come up, and um, you think you had it for quite a bit before it was diagnosed. Probably when my wife and I got married is roughly about when it probably started. So we've been married for uh, eight years, nine years. Yeah. So I'm thankful. Here's what I'm thankful for. You you didn't know it then. You went through a bunch of different, I think, jobs and places to live. Mm-hmm. And eventually you came up here to the North Woods, and now you have a house of your own. And uh, you were part of the Silver Birch Ranch family and all the different things that went with that. But what's interesting is when you had it revealed that you had cancer, I think you were in the place where you needed to be. Exactly. It's uh, looking back, I you know, mentioned it to several people. It's God had this preordained from before I even knew Silver Birch Ranch existed. Yep. And you know, it's we're right where God wants us. Yep. And not only there, but our church and other things. Yeah. I mean, it's just a matter of, um, you know, I've, as we're talking to people who are listening right now who may be struggling with, you know, a disease or understanding God's love and, uh, and being a part of God's family, you know, if you don't know God, see, you don't have any of this. This discussion doesn't make sense to you. It's not God's problem that you don't know him. It's because you don't want to know him. Mm-hmm. Or you're making up a God that doesn't really exist. It is so easy for anyone to make God up and to think, you know what, if you're not doing this, this, this God, you're not God. Because I know that God could heal Nate right now. God could heal my narcolepsy right now. That isn't an issue for God. But he's going to use Nate's cancer, my narcolepsy, he's going to use the sale of a truck to allow me to learn to enjoy my relationship with him. And if I don't have a relationship with him, I am in big trouble mm-hmm. because now I can't enjoy the, the various aspects of life 
good, bad, or ugly, I can never enjoy them unless it revolves around me. And it can only revolve around God or we're in trouble. I thank you for listening to Younger Older. We're coming to you from the studios of Relate365.com. This has been Dave and Nate. See you next time.